You're listening to Veterinary Vertex, a podcast of the AVMA Journals. In this episode, we chat about a super cool topic, pneumatic compression therapy in horses with our guests, Drew Coe and Lauren Schnabel. Welcome to Veterinary Vertex. I'm Editor-in-Chief Lisa Fortier, and I'm joined by Associate Editor Sarah Wright. Today, we have my great friends and colleagues, Drew Coe and Lauren Schnabel, joining us here today. Uh, I just want to give them a shout out too for their two big life altering events. Drew uh, <laughs> recently had a child, so maybe someday um, you can share this podcast. <laughs> and Lauren was very deservedly recently promoted to full professor. So congratulations to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you so much for being here today in your crazy schedules. Yeah, thank you so much. And congratulations too. That's super exciting news. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Excited to be here. Let's dive right in. So Lauren, your study in HAVR evaluates pneumatic compression therapy in horses. What new information can our readers learn from your manuscript to better serve their patients and their clients? Yeah, thank you. So I think the most important thing to get out of this is that there is a device now that actually can increase lymphatic flow in horses. Um, and that is commercially available. And there have been some prototypes around before. Um, but this is commercially available now and really based on um, what's proven technology in human medicine. So actually the manufacturer of the EQPress is the world's leading manufacturer of the human dynamic compression devices. And those have been used for decades now to help people with lymphedema, um, people post uh, surgery and especially lymph node removal or post uh, very large cancer uh, surgeries um, and also for athletic recovery. So we're really excited about what this can, device can do to help horses. Yeah, that sounds super cool. And Drew, I know we were talking a little bit before this started about the really cool like scientific community on Twitter. Um, and your manuscript has done very, very well. So it has an altmetric score of 40, and it's been mentioned by tweeters, people on Facebook. Due to the diverse mentions, it really has a beautiful rainbow altmetric donut, as they like to call it. And that's each different color of the donut represents a different mention source. And yours is quite beautiful. So why do you think this manuscript is so popular on social? Yeah, Lauren and I were talking about that earlier. And I think what I can say primarily, I think, is because our lab has really taken to social media and the university here, NC State, has been really good with social media. So I think I came into this uh, PhD and Lauren was already on Twitter. And she's like, oh, you should you should get an account. And, you know, science Twitter is great. And something I didn't really know. And so we really jumped into that when I started PhD and have really tried to advertise articles. And then I think NC State has done a really good job as well of doing that. And so I think we just come from a, a group of, you know, scientists, community that are, are interested in doing that and advertising. And so we've just been really lucky to have people, um, you know, other colleagues, uh, other friends we know at other universities share that. And it's been really great for this manuscript because I think a lot more people have seen it because of that. Yeah, it's a great, I love that answer. It's really about being in a collaborative environment within not just your laboratory, but your department, your university, your college, all of those things. So a great shout out to NC State and to you guys for fostering that sort of environment. It's it's critical to success in things like this. Uh, it's so fun just to keep up. It is a great way to keep up with colleagues and know what's going on in everybody's labs. Um, and great for the graduate students too. Um, I love to, I love that's my favorite thing to post is our graduate student successes and um, help them make connections and everything on Twitter too. So it's fun. Fantastic. 
you know, Lauren, obviously you're super, super busy with the company and all your research and super active clinician. And we've done some CE events together and you're an active, avid dressage rider and two dogs. <laughs> uh, what inspired you to take the time away from all of those things to write this manuscript? Yeah, so I'll first shout out to Drew for writing the manuscript, um, but I certainly helped. Um, but I think the real impetus for doing this study is, you know, as trained well by you, um, I want to have science behind the technology that I'm talking about promoting, you know, a big part of this company. I want the science to be there. So it was absolutely critical for us to do this study and to show in horses that it has an effect. There's a lot of evidence in the human literature, but until you actually prove it for the horse, right? It's a uh, different the way the horses wear the device compared to people where it's over the whole abdomen generally. So this was critical for us to do the to do this study and I was really excited about doing it. But I was very fortunate to have Drew to actually um, do a lot of the work and the writing. Amen to that. And, you know, it's such a really elegant study too, you know, and, and I, I do really love that idea that you know, there's so many, it doesn't matter what it is, a suture device, a lameness locator, all of these things. And they just like, well, it, you know, pray predicated on other people's literature. So congratulations to you guys for really laying the foundation and for what you truly believe in. Thank you. Drew, what are the next steps for this area of research in the future? Yeah, so we're excited for, you know, to do this in normal horses and to see the improvement in lymphatic flow. So really the uh, the next question to be answered, is this effective in horses with clinical lymphedema? And so I think that's really where we want to take it. And and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence from, you know, people Lauren has worked with, um, clients, stuff like that, that have used this with, you know, horses that have lymphedema, whether they're just stocked up or they have a, you know, previous trauma that has led to lymphedema and it does appear really effective but once again we kind of circle back to we want you know good scientific evidence that it works and so i think really the the next step would be you know having horses with clinical lymphedema and try and do a, a very controlled study to prove that it is effective at, at you know resolving that clinical signs knowing now that we do see an improvement in lymphatic flow with the lymphocentigraphy so that really be the the next goal and then also we're very interested from the athletic side. Can this be useful for athletic horses? Maybe they don't have lymphedema from that, but for, for athletic recovery. And so I think those would be probably the, the two big areas that we're interested in moving forward with the system. So, Gosh, I, it sounds to me like a multi-center study that's perfectly designed for JAVMA. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Great. Yeah, we're also really excited. One of the main things that the, our uh clients using the device with horses with lymphangitis have noticed, aside from a reduction in the swelling of their limb and comfort, is actually increased hoof growth, which I think makes sense because you're resolving edema, you're improving circulation and lymphatic flow. Um, but we are actively designing some laminitis studies um, with some podiatrists and are really excited to see um, where that takes us to. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> Good luck in that niche. That that I know, tough, but but wow. usually underserved. So reaching out yeah. to the experts in that field for sure. <laughs> that's fascinating. It does make sense. Wow, that's super cool. One other thing too that I really liked about your manuscript was actually the picture of the horse like wearing the equipment. 
And I will preface this with, I'm not a horse person, so I don't know if that was the correct terminology, but uh, people in social really liked it though. They liked seeing like what it would look like, I think for, for their horse or if they were to use it in a future study. So I think that was really, really cool. And what inspired you to include that picture? You know, one of the, no, I, I think it is like sort of not shocking, but like people, it is interesting to see it on the horse. Um, and one of the communications experts uh, here at NC State was just like, thought it was hilarious to use the term inflatable <laughs> pants, which is, I mean, it is funny, but she thought, she was like, can I please use this? And I was like, <laughs> that was a great tweet though. It got yeah, so much engagement. People love that. I mean, because especially if you look at the horses from behind when they're wearing the hind limb sleeves, like it is pretty funny um, looking, effective, but funny looking. Um, so I think that also caught people's attention for sure to see the horses wearing the full device. Yeah. Well, then it led to, you know, there's always like, how would a giraffe wear a necktie or how would, you know, dog wear pants, a horse wear pants. And so I thought that's <laughs> hilarious to think, you know, they wear it just on the front legs, all four legs. And so, yeah, we, we had a, a good time with that. That's awesome. I like to hear too, that was collaborative with you guys as well. I think it's oh, so yeah. important to involve the scientists too, whenever you're doing any kind of communication about science. So that's awesome. Yes. So then back to your manuscript, uh, Lauren, I saw the manuscript has a lot of co-authors from kind of different backgrounds. There's veterinary technicians, surgeons, radiologists. So how did having that diverse group contribute to the manuscript help in actually creating it for publication? Yeah, absolutely. So there's no way we could have done this study without the radiology team. Um, they're fantastic. So lymphocentigraphy has been done in the clinical setting, but not very frequently. And it is different than traditional bone scans that we do for our orthopedic cases. So it's really Dr. Kip Berry um, and Justin Reynolds, our scintigraphy uh, uh, technician, who's fabulous. Uh, they uh, Kip has done uh, lymphocentigraphy studies before, but we had to go back and research some things and get the right isotope here. Um, figure out all our settings. So they were tremendous in in doing the technical aspects of that. Um, Justin is super patient with the with the horses and in getting these studies done. Um, so there, there's no way essentially we could have done it without them. Um, and they were also really helpful in writing their parts of the manuscript and contributing to the whole uh, study and have been hugely supportive of, of all of our efforts as well for both our lab and for uh, the company also. That's awesome to hear. We love when there's a collaborative approach to any manuscript you like. So I think it really does help to make it more diverse and just like overall more comprehensive. So thank you. Thank you. All right, Drew, I have a very important question for you. This is one that our listeners really like and that we typically use for social. Okay. If a veterinarian is about to meet a client, what is one piece of information they should know about pneumatic compression therapy in horses? I think the biggest thing is that these horses really love this system and, and being in it and, and the pressure. And so coming into this from the outside and not you know initially being around uh, the EQ press, seeing that you're always interested, you know, how are the horses going to wear it? How are they going to tolerate it? And it's quite amazing to see like once it goes on that they they tolerate it well that they're not really bothered by it but then once the the pumps actually engage and the the um the garments inflate they really do relax like you see these horses really droop their head and relax into it and you can tell that they enjoy it and so i think as a as an equine veterinarian you know trying to um you know 
recommend a system like this to clients. I think that's usually a big thing that people worry about. Are their horses going to spook? Are they going to hate it? Things like that. And they really do seem to like it. And so just to have that experience now to be able to go forward and recommend to my clients and say that they should use it and and say that the horses really enjoy it. I think that can be a big thing for them and, and hopefully will you know increase the chances that people want to try it out on their own horses. That's fantastic. I love that you call it garments. <laughs> yeah, I know that's what we call, I know it's based on the human uh, terms, but it was, it is funny too, to think about, you know, I mean, you have to remember these are our herd horses. They're out back behind us here, but I mean, most of them haven't even had, you know, they've had some bandaging, right. But they really, they haven't had a saddle pad. They haven't had stuff on them and they did so well that, I mean, put it, we put it out on them in the field first, just to try it. Um, but I, that was, that was great to see. Cause these, these aren't horses that are really used to having a lot of, um, things on them. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, as we wind up your fantastic manuscript, we asked something just a little bit more personal, but, and we learn Sarah and I learn every week and get inspired from these questions. So Lauren, what is the oldest or the most interesting item in your, in your desk drawer on your desk? Oh boy. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the Cornell police may come get me, but probably the oldest thing is said calculator from your lab that I've had since 2005. <laughs> and if I flip it over, that's hilarious. You can read the 40A on it. <laughs> yeah, we In labeled marker. everything. <laughs> I still, yeah, but I don't know. I love this calculator. And instead of using the phone, I still use it. I don't think anybody even has like real calculators anymore in the lab, but but this is mine and it's, it's been here forever. We joke around with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> we joke around with Sarah because she's obviously a fair bit younger. Like, you know, Sarah over Lauren's right shoulder, you can see Emma, her pug. And then that thing underneath it, that's a telephone. That, <laughs> <laughs> so we joke around with Sarah all the time. Like, yeah. do you know what this is? So, yeah, that, Actually, that's a funny story about that is I was in the office. Um, I think it was maybe last month and someone called the phone on my desk yeah. and I never even really noticed the phone before, but something just started ringing and I looked and I was like, I think my phone's ringing. So I like, <laughs> answered it and put them on hold and I had to go ask someone else in our division for like help on like, how do I like transfer the call to the person I need to go to? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. See, you answered the phone. See, I would still be screening the call. Like if it finally just rang, I'd be like, I'm not going to answer it. So <laughs> that's what I do in my office. I'm like, I don't even know how to answer that. And I don't know who would be calling me. So. Yep. <laughs> Drew, how about you? What's the oldest or most interesting thing in your desk? Oh, I, I don't have a good of answer as Lauren does. I keep a pretty clean desk. I have to have quite a bit off of it so I can get work done. But I'd say I have a picture of my grandparents. And so I came from a tiny a rural community. And so my family's always been very supportive of me and all my pursuits. And so I'm really close with my grandparents and lucky that they're still alive to this day. So I have a picture of them and my wedding on my desk. And it's always good to have them close by. That's wonderful. You know, we hear a lot about veterinary medicine and human medicine and just in general in life about wellness. And so one of the things that I think very uh, accomplished folks like you guys have is resilience or some people call it grit. Lauren, where do you think your resilience came from? I think from having a very supportive family, having great mentors, obviously, yourself as the primary one, but knowing that you know, you have people behind you and it is, it's a really tough profession, obviously, both clinically and in research. I mean, right. Like the, the number of grants we write, maybe, maybe, I mean, I write a lot of grants, but maybe five to 10% get funded, right? Like you're going to be told no a lot. Um, and you just have to keep 
going and keep chugging along. And that's something that I try to instill in, in, in my trainees as well. And my mentees that, that, you know, you just have to, you know, if you believe in something and you're passionate about it, don't give up. Yeah. I remember the first grant I wrote on my own and Linda Sandel, who's very famous in the basic science orthopedic side, editor of the journal of orthopedic research is a friend. And I, I got hosed in my first grant. (laughs) They didn't like it at all. And I wrote it a little bit condescending because it was on equine true stem cells, like derived from embryos, embryonic stem cells. And I didn't think anybody on the equine committee wouldn't really know that much. And they came back with a a brutal review. And I said to her, they're right, you know, and so I'll just rewrite it and dig in a little bit more. And she said to me, you're going to make it because of that attitude, instead of saying, oh, the reviewer didn't understand or, or giving up. I was just like, yep, (laughs) they're absolutely right. So I, I agree. You just have to like, keep, keep, keep keeping on. No. And I think that's, that's a really important point that you make. I try to think of it now as, you know, if they, if the reviewers didn't get it is because I didn't explain it well enough, right? Like we know what, what, what the science we're doing, but we have to be able to portray that or explain that in a way that other people understand. And the same, especially when you're talking to clients or the public, like we have to be able to talk about what we're doing in, in language that other people understand and can get excited about. So true. How about you, Drew? Where did your resilience come from? Yeah, I think same answers, Lauren. It's family, a lot of support there growing up and growing up on a farm and being, you know, busy at family that worked, you know, seven days a week. And it was just something you you work hard to get done, you know, what you want to. But then I had a lot of great mentors and I, I always joke with people, although I've never been a Cornell trainee, it seems all my mentors have come from Cornell. So um, Dean Hendrickson, Lori Goodrich, uh, Lauren, obviously they've all been at Cornell and then Eileen Hackett, who's there now. So I think it's kind of funny that although I've never been a Cornell trainee, I feel kind of like part of that family and had a lot of really good support from those people who, you know, they've just been very, um, you know, they had a lot of perseverance themselves. I think instilled that in me. And so I've been really grateful for that mentorship and and hope to similarly pass it on to, to my mentees. That's great to hear. It's always nice when mentorship comes full circle and the mentee becomes the mentor. So <laughs> good to hear. And just thank you both so much again for your time, for being here today, and for submitting your awesome research to our journals as well. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. To our listeners, you can read Drew and Lauren's open access manuscripts online and AJBR on our journal's website. I'm Dr. Sarah Wright with Dr. Lisa Fortier. We want to thank each of you for joining us on this episode of the Veterinary Vertex podcast. We love sharing cutting-edge veterinary research with you, and we want to hear from you. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to.